And we join now by our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Hello. Not top of the morning to you, Shakina, to the rest of the listeners as well. Listen, these beer trucks, huh? We have to do something. I mean, let's talk about this. What's going on? You know what? You're reading my mind. I was just asking the the, the guys in the studio, what is it with these beer trucks? How many have fallen uh, this year already? Beer trucks must fall. That was going on. Well, they are falling already, so I don't know. Maybe a commission of inquiry needed to investigate exactly. that. But Asian markets continue yeah. the positive momentum in a bit of good news there, Clive. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it just goes to show, Sakina, that when the um, decide the decision is that there's the momentum back into the uh, 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 and prospect are looking positive back into the equity space. People are quick to actually take decisions to go back into it, as we have seen. And what's nice about this is obviously most of them are obviously emerging markets, and so they continue to propel uh, positivity and even strengthening uh, simply thanks to the. Uh, weakness of the dollar yesterday, we started seeing them actually strengthen slightly some of the, uh, the, uh, the currencies that have been hard hit in recent weeks. So that was very, very exciting. Emerging market also stopped, rose for the third day, pairing the worst monthly drop since August, uh, the uh, ready or boosted by oil, as well as we saw the oil price pick up again yesterday. I don't know if we should be worried, but still, it's still at, at record lows, I reckon. So oil rebounds from a 12-year low, uh, just about uh, New City emerging markets now by just over uh, a quarter of a percent, which is quite exciting. Um, the news I, I heard you speak about it yesterday was an interesting thing that the BOJ decided to do to give uh, negative interest rates to stimulate the economy. Um, so that's what countries can do sometimes. But it does have a negative effect at China sometimes when you do that because maybe what you're trying to do is stimulate the uh, consumer-led uh, 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 growth. But then what happens is if the consumers don't have enough money to spend in any case, they still sit with the same problem, and that could create even worse problems in terms of uh, deflation. So very interesting times, but we are starting to see some positivity come through uh, from the Asian market and the emerging market space. And then, Clive, um, you know, earlier this week we spoke about Apple. We spoke yesterday about, who do we speak about, Samsung? Who, who do we speak yep. about yesterday? Yep. Samsung, Samsung yeah. and yeah. looking yeah. at their numbers. And I see now analysts concerned over the recent mobile technology company declines. So what's going on there? Can, can I be honest with you? I don't see why analysts should be worried. It's what happens to a lot of companies. Um, what happens is they get to saturation, and what what then happens is that you have they have to diversify. The biggest companies in the world, so you know, the thing that they have done relatively well, uh, including the likes of Apple, for example, is they've been well uh, organized in terms of diversification. They're able to uh, turn the corner. They're able to turn the business around. They're able to cut down where they need to cut down on spending. Uh, they're able to be innovative and bring back uh, bring some good technology to be able to do so. What is concerning analysts, however, is that if they've reached the, the saturation point, the zenith, that, as we call it, um, then they sometimes struggle uh, in terms of coming up with new ideas. Why is this particularly a case with Samsung and uh, Apple? In Apple, we had one man who led the organization for a very long time uh, in the life of Mr. Steve Jobs. And with his absence, you think to yourself, who's going to be the guy that leads? And takes on. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people have faith in the in the uh, uh, incumbent uh, uh, president of Apple. So, so that does bring back a little bit of doubt. And what you start seeing, if analysts start doing that, what you start seeing automatically, which is quite interesting, that people start to change 
their sentiment on these particular stocks. And we started seeing this yesterday as well. Um, uh, well, day before in actual fact in technology stocks, uh, because we were asking ourselves, what more, are, what is it that's going to be turning the time? What is it going to happen? Um, one of the other concerns that I read on one of the analyst reports is the fact that uh, how long can you continue to produce low prices in terms of uh, phones, in terms of uh, getting uh, cheap labor uh, out of those countries which then produce their phones. So all those are something to play on the analyst uh, concerns and concerns that could lead to them actually starting to have a, a different view of these particular stuff. But things like Alibaba, for example, Alibaba, Sakina, I was on that. <laughs> That's why they're your favorite. But listen, I see Lisecha Khanyaho didn't listen to you yesterday. No, I, so what happened? You know, you know what they call a quick current? <laughs> <laughs> Taking me back to my youth. <laughs> That's that's what he did to me. <laughs> so there's no one knows about it. I don't know where we get this name. Anyway, listen, I think I think it is a very good um, uh, stance, a decision by the uh, by, by the Reserve Bank. I think it shows independence, which is what you need to see from the central bank. It also shows that um, they don't necessarily have to listen to what is what everybody is telling them. They have to look at things that they are targeting. Why is it important to show this independence? Is because those rating agencies will be looking at closely at South Africa's way of handling its economy. And so if they have done this decision now and preempted it, and 50 basis, by the way, I was not expecting that. That's maybe 25 bits yet, but 50 bits is definitely something that we, uh, I wasn't looking at. So now we are in a interest hiking period, so we're going to start seeing more of this uh, rates go up. Uh, what was nice about it is that we started seeing the RAND respond positively to it. Didn't you like that? We saw the RAND respond positively. We saw the market respond positively. We saw the JC respond positively. So I think this might change the negativity around uh, the downgrade slightly. So I think that that's, that's the good news. Uh, Okay. I think that's a good news. I'm just looking at news. how it's hitting my pocket right now. But uh, moving along, um, Wiketsi yeah. just reminded me uh, yesterday, um, he sent the question about the Reserve Bank and mm. he wanted to, uh, to, to, to uh, you to answer about, you know, getting rid of the Reserve Bank and uh, someone else wanted to know about who controls it. So maybe if you could just very briefly talk about that. The, the, the Reserve Bank is a constitutional bank that has been set up by, in the country to make sure that it looks after its monetary policy. You cannot have a country without monetary policy uh, governance because it makes it forms part of um, uh, the makeup of the not just the political side but also the fact that the investor-led relations mostly are related to the South African Reserve Bank uh, or the central bank in that matter. So. There is nobody who controls it, but they work in line with government's policy to make sure that, obviously, whatever government strategy is in terms of stimulating the economy, they work very closely with them. So they're a completely independent house, but they work like some some of the other divisions of government, but they have to be completely independent, just like the SARS is when it comes to monetary policy management. So we cannot be without them, and so that's why we need them to, to operate so that we can be looked at as a country that is functional, that is able to attract investments, and we must continue to work hand-in-hand with them. What their role is, the most important role is, I think, for me personally, I believe that the most important thing that the central bank plays is to make sure that everything is in check within the financial system of a country and also convince international uh, uh, and global investors 
to come into the country and see that we have a strong uh, financial uh, system around. So that they are a very, very important part of uh, uh, government policy. They're a very important part of the structures that make up our financial system.